This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. Welcome back, home builders and remodelers, to another episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that will take you through the process of building or rebuilding a new home from the ground up. We have now produced and broadcast 11 episodes. It is our goal to follow the process of rebuilding a new home from the ground up over the course of this year. We hope to create a record that can be listened to by anyone building a new home, whether it is because they want to or because they must. I want to take a break from hosting a a guest to respond to some listeners' questions and clarify our goals and dreams for our podcasts. And we would love to hear from you. If you have questions or comments on anything you hear, ideas for what you want to hear, or just give us a shout out, Go to www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com and join our growing community. Most people don't even consider building a house in their lifetime. Those who do either have been dreaming about it all their lives or have been forced to rebuild their homes as it has been destroyed by fire, flood, mudslide, you name it. Many interior designers build and rebuild homes every day to make a living and because they love the process. The relationship with the clients and the thrill of teaming up with talented trades and craftsmen to make something new and beautiful. Your interior designer will lead you through the process of truly customizing your home in ways you can may never even imagine because of the vast experience they bring to the project. We know how to interpret the words, adjectives, and even hand gestures of our clients as they explain what they want, turning their dreams into reality. We know how to create the cabinetry that you will need to keep organized and where to source the building materials like flooring, countertops, bathroom tile, plumbing and lighting fixtures that will best fit your family's needs and wants. We began with our episode about where and who to turn to first when your house has been leveled by disaster. Yes, you need to be in touch with your insurance carrier, but even before you feel that you are ready to think about your future, you should start to speak with builders in your area. First, we spoke to builders Don McMaster and John Hill of McMaster and Hill Construction in the Caneo Valley of Southern California, where recent fires have made them very busy. Having done the interior design work for two custom homes with them in the past year, they have proven themselves as experts in working their clients through the process of rebuilding after a total loss. Let 
me share my greatest takeaways from the first two episodes. It is wise to seek a builder who has been personally referred when possible. Look for a company who has experience working with insurance companies on rebuilding projects like yours and someone you are comfortable with. You want to get to know better and who you trust as you will be working very closely together for a year or more. Our next two guests spoke with us about two ways of navigating the home insurance process. Matt Goldstein is a public independent insurance adjuster with the Greenspan Company, Adjusters International. He is the independent insurance adjuster who helped my husband and I navigate the emotional process of working with our insurance company when we had to rebuild our home. An independent adjuster does not work for the insurance company they work for you. They will help you understand what your policy will cover. Although hopefully you already have a basic understanding of it, they will work with your insurance company's adjuster to negotiate each important aspect of your policy. A few questions we received from listeners after this episode were about how to determine if they need an independent adjuster. First, it really depends on the size and scope of your disaster. If your claim is under an amount of dollars you can afford to cover, then you may not need someone to negotiate for you. This is a good question that you can ask an independent adjuster in your area. They will come to your location and give you an idea of what they could do for you. Or, if the claim will not be one that their work can add value to. Consider how responsive your insurance company has been. Have they been out to see the job and given you the impression that you are in good hands? Do you feel comfortable negotiating for specific needs you can identify because you know your home and what the issue has caused? An example of this is when the tree fell on our home. It fell on what we, we kiddingly call the bedroom wing, but our 1100 square foot home is on a raised foundation and the weight and energy of the tree sent a shiver through the whole house. I had some specific concerns after a few days of inspecting the property. I knew that the Corian counter in the kitchen had shifted. It had been perfectly fit and never needed to be filled or showed any space in relation to the walls. Now, it was about an inch away on the side edge, clearly a result of the blow. It still looked solid to the naked eye, but I knew it was a direct result and that it could be a sign of greater damage below. Another personal example was our original 60-year-old brick fireplace. We knew that it had issues during the initial inspection when we bought our home, which were probably caused by the Northridge earthquake. 10 years prior to our ownership. It would have been impossible for the jolt so close to it not have pushed the amount of damage to the extent that it could be a true danger. It is our independent adjuster that required us to get an expert fireplace inspector and who brought in the engineer who determined that the house was not safe to live in until it was fixed. Will you need an independent insurance adjuster? Maybe not. If you feel comfortable with the individual who sold you your homeowner's policy, 
and feel like they will help to guide you through the process of getting everything you have come you have coming to you with your claim. If, like I was, you are emotional about your loss, feel you're a peanut on the floor of your insurance carrier's break room waiting to be squashed, or have had a hard time even reading your policy, then yes, an independent adjuster can be exactly what you need. In most cases, they will earn 10% of the settlement that they are able to negotiate for you. In our case, they helped us add about 75,000 to our rebuilding budget, easily justifying the expense. But mostly, Matt gave me peace of mind so that I could concentrate on my work and clients' needs while someone else was watching out for my family and home's needs. My greatest takeaway from my conversation with Matt was to make sure you understand your policy as written and that the coverage will be enough to rebuild the home you have in the current economy, not many years ago when the policy was first written. Our second insurance coverage conversation was with Gwen Petrick, a 30-year veteran insurance agent with State Farm Insurance. I know Gwen personally, and if she was my insurance agent and carrier, I might not have been as so quick to call the Greenspan Company. Gwen has spent a career demonstrating how much she cares about her customers and understands the inner workings of her product. With Gwen, we talked about understanding our policy and having adequate coverage for what truly might happen. You should review your policy yearly to adjust to inflation as well as adjust the coverage if needed. For example, if you renovate your kitchen and bathrooms, you should make sure the policy will cover the replacement value of the new kitchen and bathrooms. If your house burns down a few months after, it is important to have saved the receipts and keep a record of the costs incurred and increased value off premises or in the cloud to prove the current value if something happens. In continuing down the road of preparing to rebuild, you must choose your architect. Although with a smaller claim, an interior designer may be all you need to put all the pieces of the renovation in place, you cannot build a new home without an architect. We spent two episodes with architect Doug Burge, AIA lead architect and owner of Burge Architects in Malibu, about the beginning of the design process and creating a budget. Doug has an interesting perspective as his offices many clients and neighbors had been directly affected by recent fires. Doug's company is an all-inclusive. When you become his client, they will be the leaders in helping you identify your builder, define the scope of your build, and they even have an interior designer in-house, so they remain involved from concept through completion. You can go back to catch any of these episodes at www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com or on most podcast networks wherever you get your podcast fix. It is the goal of our podcast to help our listeners understand what will be needed of them once the new home is permitted and ready to build. We want you to be ready to navigate the building process during the full year of construction, which it often takes. Once the foundation is poured, the builder will begin asking endless questions daily 
for which having an answer will greatly improve the process and make it so it is not you, the homeowner, who will cause any delays. This is where the interior designer is most needed. If hired early enough, they will have already asked the questions and have led the client in the process of having the answers and products ready when needed. As an interior designer, I am most useful when hired onto a project prior to the completion of the plans, but after the ground plan has been developed. The interior designer is another pair of eyes and ears for the client to count on as each specific detail is put into place. I often say that an architect designs a house from the outside in and an interior designer from the inside out. Not that the architect does not work to understand the personal needs of their client, but an interior designer is well-trained in minutia. Little things like where the client is used to putting their utensils in the kitchen. Does this family cook or call out for dinner? Does someone in the house collect shoes? I say someone because in my experience, I have had male as well as female clients whose closet needed to consider space for 60 or more pairs of designer shoes. And then there are the handbags. In my experience, due to budget constraints, the architect is only involved in the structural aspects of the building process during construction. In fact, I often do not even meet the architect. They have worked with the client to determine the style of the house, which mostly at this stage is evident from the outside. The overall style has been decided and there are detailed drawings of the house exterior. It could be contemporary, traditional, Mediterranean, craftsman, or any of the infinite variety of architectural styles. Often it is when the plans are completed and the construction process begins that the budget is going to feel constrictive. We are now ready to select and purchase materials like flooring, tile, and countertops. And we will interpret the interior design motifs on the plans like moldings, door style, code ceilings, or dramatic window details. I find I am the professional on the project who must now design the interior details within the budget and work to find the balance between the wants drawn on the plans and the needs the client is prepared to pay for. A perfect example of this is a recent project where the entry hall was drawn with a dramatic vaulted ceiling and brick-like tiles were specified to be installed on the curved surface. This can be a stunning yet costly detail. And I felt it would give a Mediterranean feeling to the entry of the house. The exterior architectural style was transitional, a combination of modern for him with her traditional flair. It could have been easily pushed in the direction of Mediterranean by using the tile in the ceiling cove and oil rub bronze for doorknobs and features throughout. But the vibe I was getting from the client was more contemporary on his side and more traditional and a little bit glamorous on her side. This tile cove ceiling felt like a potentially stunning detail, but if instead of the brick, we used old world technique of Venetian plaster, it would literally save $10,000 and give a perfect combination of traditional warmth for her with its depth and subtle texture 
and retain clean contemporary lines for him. All this is to say that when the building process begins, what the house really looks like inside is incredibly open to interpretation. Our next guest on the podcast was Gail Wilson, a plumbing specialist who I, who I have worked with in several different showrooms over my 20 year career. Who knew Gail and I could talk about plumbing fixtures for three episodes? We took a deep dive into the subject, demonstrating, I hope, how necessary professional help can be in making these selections. Plumbing fixtures is a world of important decisions you will need to make for both function and cosmetic purposes. And the sooner you begin this part of the process, the more time you will have to make selections that are based on the best choice versus what we will be able to get on time. The plumbing selections are the first things the builder will need and ask for. Once the foundation is poured and the framing of the walls begins, the plumbing pipes and roughs will be needed to be placed into the walls as per the plan. The plumbing fixture showroom is the first trip I schedule with my client. This is the first time we will dig deeply into every feature that they expect to have in their kitchens and bathrooms. This will also be the first time that I can see the styles and products my clients are drawn toward, which will inform the rest of the design of the house. To demonstrate another example of why an interior designer is most beneficial early in the process, let me tell you about another plan change I suggested in the design of a recent custom home. It was all about the traffic pattern of the master bedroom and closet. I have worked on many new homes that feature a his and hers closet and full bathroom for each off the shared master bedroom. In this case, a way of creating value for the potential resale of the home, the larger of the two closets with an ensuite full bathroom was made large enough to, in the future, be closed off from the master suite and marked as an additional bedroom with full bath. The current owners felt for their own use, they only needed to create a three bedroom and three and a half bath home as their extended families lived in the area in their own homes. But for the best market value, the house is technically a four bedroom, three and a half bathroom home. This was a great idea, but there was a wall between the master bedroom and this large closet and second bathroom where there needed to be a door. As drawn, the man of the house would need to exit his bedroom, walk down a private hallway, turn left, walk down a long public hall to enter his closet and bathroom. My suggestion was to create a door opening from the master be bedroom directly into the room that they will be using for his closet and his bathroom. Luckily, this did not include moving any plumbing fixtures or a structural wall and it was an, er an early framing part of the house. So this was not a costly change to make and literally revolutionized the use of the home for the homeowners. Although it was fun to think about the homeowner running around the house in his pajamas to shower and get dressed every morning. Now let me answer a few of the most asked questions I get and one from a listener. I have been asked through the years 
when is the best time to involve my interior designer in my project? If the interior designer can look at the plans before the foundation is poured, there is still an opportunity to perfect the livability of the plan. In that case, I look at details like master closet, pantry, laundry room, bathrooms, kitchen, and traffic flow. Once the foundation is poured, it means the plumbing fixtures cannot be moved or even shifted, and any changes to these important rooms will be limited. So when is the best time to make any adjustments to a plan? As so many houses are now built with cement slab foundations, once the slab is poured, moving any of the plumbing fixtures of the home, like the toilet or showers, or the sink in the kitchen island, cannot be considered without incurring costs. Major changes are simply not an option once the slab has been poured. When is the best time to begin working with your interior designer? Before it is too late to make any changes. The last question I want to address is this one. People must be emotionally distraught after a home disaster and very anxious to get back into their homes. How do you support them to make the best decisions when they are so stressed? That is a really good question. I think that because I have lived through the process of rebuilding my home and all of those emotionally details, I am particularly well geared toward hearing the stress points and being able to help them. Also, being proactive and working ahead of the questions that are going to be uh, asked for and the, and the products that are gonna be needed by the building process, it's going to help everyone feel like they're doing what they can to move the process along smoothly. The builders are gonna appreciate us being ahead of the game and the homeowners are gonna be very thankful to know the answer to the questions that are being asked. I am looking forward to our next episodes, speaking again to McMaster and Hill about the process leading up to and pouring the foundation and the beginning of framing the walls. Thanks so much for indulging me in my need to bring our newer viewers and listeners up to date and to clarify our goals for the year ahead. You can see images of some of our recent rebuilding projects on our website, www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Click on Design and Renovation Portfolio, and then click on the Estate Development section. And don't forget to click and join for email updates of our upcoming episodes or ask questions and leave comments. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at from disaster to dreamhome.com. Until next time, 
Let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers, eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.